Do you have a message that the world needs to hear? Do you want to make a living making a difference in the world? If so, this is the place for you. Welcome to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. Today I'm here with Chip Helm, and we're going to be learning from him and his wisdom that he has learned over the last 34 years in the sales world. Chip, how are you doing today? I'm great. How about yourself, Jake? I'm fantastic. Life is good, just like we were talking before. I don't know uh, exactly what's going to be going on when this airs. Hopefully it's good news, but my, my team's in the World Series, so I'm happy right now. Well, I'm glad because I haven't watched many baseball games lately. So who is in the World Series, by the way, Jake? <laughs> we got the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Boston Red Sox. The Los Angeles Dodgers are going to win the World Series. This will either be prophetic or people will be like, nope, that didn't happen. Because this is probably going to air in a few weeks after the World Series has already happened. <laughs> well, I'll give you a side note. I grew up in Evansville, Indiana with a guy named Donnie Maddenley, and we played sports against each other. So I know he used to be the uh, really? coach of the Los Angeles uh, Dodgers. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, he coached the Dodgers for a few seasons. He was, he was with the Yankees before that. And so you played against Donnie Baseball, huh? Donnie Baseball. He had those big arms back then. He played football and uh, baseball. And I think, if I remember correctly, he led the nation in high school in RBIs. So just a little wow. trivia for you. That's awesome. So you played in rival high schools? Yes, I did. He played Evansville Moral, and I played at Evansville Harrison. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, we could geek out on that another time, but that sounds awesome. Uh, so, Chip, what I want to start with is right on your website, it says no matter what career you have chosen, you are in sales. Tell us about that. Well, I, let me just say that in my experience over the years, there's always been a myth out there. People think that uh, – if they're in IT or they're in marketing or they're an entrepreneur or they're, gosh, I don't know, even in uh, finance, that they're not in sales. And I, yeah. and I try to explain to everybody, you're always selling yourself or you're selling a widget or you're selling a concept every day of your life. So everybody's in sales. And I think that's the first thing people need to understand. Yeah. So, you know, th this you've had experience in sales in, in a lot of different places and it all applies. You, you recently wrote two books on the subject. Um, but this podcast is for speakers, authors, and coaches. Uh, what, what do you think is most important for somebody who's a message driven entrepreneur to know about sales? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, it's all about relationships. It's all about networking. It's all about just treating people like you want to be treated. And it doesn't matter what kind of conversation you have from day in and day out, who you uh, come across, just if you treat them with kindness and respect and you treat them like you want to be treated, that's what uh, conversations are all about. That's what sales is all about. Sales, are, sales is not a presentation per se. Sales is all about uh, a good conversation, like having a conversation with a friend over a cup of coffee. That's what it's all about. I love that you say that because I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I think that people make sales so complex and so such a big deal when the truth of the matter is 
it's, it's building relationships. And when people say, even that, when people say building relationships, they go, oh, well, how do I build a relationship? How do I do that? Maybe I should do this and then that. And they go through all these steps. And it's like, no, I, I'm serious. Like, actually have a relationship with somebody. And then it's not even sales. You know, I can just think, you know, I just came back uh, doing a couple speaking engagements um, in the Midwest. And, you know, the people in charge, I've just become friends with. There was no sales involved. There was no sales involved of me or what people would refer to as sales. There's no sales tactics. There was no anything like that. It's just, I stay in touch with people who, yeah, sure, they're my potential clients, but they become my friends and I have relationships with them. So when it's time for them to look for a speaker or when they're ready to invest in a coach, when they're ready to take things to the next level, yeah, they're going to talk to me because they know me, they like me, they trust me. But it's just because we have real conversations and real relationships. I couldn't have said that better, Jake. <laughs> wow, that's pretty impressive. I'll tell you that right now because you're right. Sales is not rocket science. It's not rocket science. There's not much to it. You just got to be kind and treat people and sit down and talk to people and build relationships. You know, it's interesting about sales. I never worried about what I sold on Monday or next Monday or three weeks from Monday. I worried that I have that relationship five years from Monday. Uh, did mm. I provide a, you know, did I solve a problem? Cause I always said, if you solve someone's problem, you have them in your pocket, mm. you solve someone's problem. You always have them in their pocket, in your pocket, and they'll be loyal to the stuff until the cows go home. That's such a good way to put it. Um, what do you see as the biggest mistake that business owners make uh, in the sales world? Probably not being genuine and true to themselves. Probably, to, uh, probably trying to sell something someone doesn't need. Probably not listening, really listening and, and, and figuring out what they really want and they, what they really need. That's the most important thing. I, I think people are trying to overdo it, oversell, uh, instead of, again, just getting to know that person, understanding what's going on with them listening to them and figuring out if they can solve their problems. Mm, that's really interesting. You mentioned something there. You're talking about, you know, finding out what they really need. One thing I talk a lot about is the difference between what people want versus what people need and understanding what people want. Cause I, I think that people, people love buying things that they want when it comes to things they need. They, they see it like a utility, like maybe they do need it. Maybe they don't. Just curious um, what your thoughts are on the subject of, of want versus need. Is that something you think about? Just love to hear your thoughts, even if they disagree with mine. I'd love to hear that. Um, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, that need and a want. Well, I mean, obviously, if I want to go out, out somewhere and, and I want to buy a new TV, okay, okay, that's kind of more of a want. Do I have extra money? Can I go out and do that? To me, that's more of a want. A need is something really, in my opinion, it's something that you really um, just need to find a solution to. It's always about finding a solution to that problem. And I've really got a problem. And can you help me? Kind of like what you do day in and day out and give guidance uh, you know, to people and, and give them direction, give them uh, career pathways. And, you know, it's kind of like saying, okay, do I really have a want or a need? Well, one is one thing as far as I, you know, as far as, you know, it's something you probably don't need in a sense, but you want it. But a need is I've got a problem. 
And can you mm. help me solve it? And then that may be a problem that is a career issue problem. Or that may just be a problem of how to deal with people, uh, those kind of things. So I think it's just really uncovering uh, the need. And I think that's, that, that comes from a wise man, meaning you've got to be able to look at your audience, look at the person in front of you and read them. I think people don't read their uh, their environment, who's around them, what's going on around them. I think we all have to have more self-awareness. Yeah, that's a really good point. I like the way that you put that. If, if somebody has a problem, they have a need, and you're trying to fill that problem. You're trying to give them a solution. Yes, sir. How'd you get into the sales world? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, I had a passion to go to dental school. My father's an orthodontist, so I spent my whole life, early childhood and high school and college uh, driving for a goal to be a dentist and found out that uh, I didn't have good small hand coordination. Mm. Uh, but yet I had, but yet I had uh, customers as I'd call them, mothers with their daughters and sons come to my dental chair in dental school and they'd line up outside the yard or down the street waiting on me. So I always kind of felt like, gosh, I've got this knack. I got this ability to connect with people. And uh, so wait, you were happened. a dentist? You did become a dentist? No, I did not officially become a dentist in my third year. Uh, I it just wasn't working in my my the, the okay. small hand coordination. But you were on uh, that so path. I had to You're completely on, on that, that path. path. Yes. Wow. Yes, and had no idea about sales. There wasn't sales classes when I grew up. Uh, none of that. All I knew is that I had good communication skills. I had a personality that connected with people for the most part. People generally seem to be attracted to me, meaning that for the most part, you know, people liked me. So I had a lot going, I think, and, you know, in the field of sales already for myself, just being able to talk to people and people seemed to like what I had to say. Hmm, that's really interesting. So then what was your, what was your first sales job? Uh, I, I worked, uh, my first and only sales job is in for a medical company, uh, probably held medical company and have not had any other uh, position in my career. So that's why I'm, you know, that, that's the next step is you got to find what you love. You know, you got to fall in love and it's kind of like having a girlfriend or having a wife. You know, I tell the story all the time, you know, how do you feel about your wife? By the way, Jake, you have a girlfriend or a wife? I have a wife. I've been happily married for nine years. Okay. How, I mean, how do you feel inside? You still the butterflies still love her a lot for the most part. I have still get up every morning. Okay, well then take that passion and that feeling and, and, and pull it over to your work. If you can feel the way you feel about your wife and do it for your business or your career, you'll never have a job in your life. And that's why I try to teach and coach people and tell people, if you have that kind of love inside for your significant other, your partner, your friend, and you can somehow translate or transcend it over to your career, you will never have a job in your life. And I still go, they pay me to do this. They actually pay me every day to still do this. So wow. that, that, that's where I go. So that's what I mean about, you know, now having a job, you've got to fall in love. You've got to fall in love with what you do in life. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's such an important thing to really love what you're doing. And I, I hear a lot of people who downplay that, but it's so important. I just think, why wouldn't you do something that you love? Why wouldn't you do something that you have a passion for when anything's possible? You can do anything you want. And so why not choose something that you actually are going to enjoy? You know, Jake, I was at Ball State University last night in Muncie, Indiana, and listened to a speaker 
her name was Holly Rhodes, maybe Holly Rush. She's the ESPN uh, sideline oh, cool. reporter. I don't nice. know if you recognize that name, but I think you'd mm -hmm. recognize her. She talked about that. She talked about the grit and the passion she had. She talked about working for free. She talked about just, you know, following the, the TV guys around and pulling their cables and being right next to them. She could get on the field and be a sideline reporter. She just talked about the fact that she loved this at the age of five. Because somebody asked her, you know, when did you find your passion? And she said, well, I found at age of five. Most people, you know, there's, a, I mean, there's statistics out there that say that most people don't have any passions in their life. And, and I've got three passions. So, I mean, people are just, you know, you, you've got to find that, that passion. And once you have that passion, you won't let yourself fail at all. I mean, it's amazing what happens when you have that passion. Just like you can see, what, three minutes ago we started, five minutes ago we started, and you can hear it in my voice right now as we keep talking because I just have a real drive and a real passion for, you know, for this. I just, I just do. Yeah. I, I love that statement that you're making just about the importance of passion there, because if, if you don't have it, then what are you doing with your life? What, what are you doing? There's people out there who are doing things they want to do. I remember when I, I started thinking about something and I kind of forgot it for a moment, but it's back. So there we go. Good. Uh, <laughs> Good. You're not as old as I am, Jake. So, you know, you're just not as old as I am. My, my conversations uh, many times and, and, my intent with this podcast has always been conversational, but sometimes my conversations yes. kind of go all over the place. And my wife often says, I'll, I'll start saying something randomly and she'll say, Jake, I, th I think you left me out of the conversation that was going on in your head before you started this. Cause I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that sounds like me every day. It sounds like me every day. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is, that idea so that there's an example of somebody who you just talked about the the woman who worked for espn sure she's not she's not self-employed she's not an entrepreneur she's working for a company um but she's doing something that she truly wanted to do she's doing something that was her dream and her passion and i look at people and i know that most of the people who listen to this podcast are entrepreneurs being speakers authors or coaches uh but i think it's so important that people realize that no matter what you're doing, whether it is doing your own business or whether it is something within some other kind of system, it's really important to have the entrepreneurial spirit in whatever it is that you're doing because you can do anything. I really believe this, that you can, you can do pretty much anything that you put your mind to. There's a few things, you know, I've said that at, at schools <laughs> and they say, well, I can't fly if I put my mind to it. And I go, okay, sure. Well, just, you know what I'm saying. And, yeah. and you really can. You can do anything you put your mind to, but not if you have an employee mindset. Not if you have the mindset of, okay, well, what am I going to make per hour as I'm building to there? If you have the mindset of, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to do, if it's free, I'll do it. If it's, if it's like, I, I can tell you that when I first started out speaking, you know, I flew across the country to volunteer and speak at places that I, and I'm talking about on my own dime, just so I can get the experience, just so I can get started. I've, I've driven in snowstorms because I didn't want to miss a gig. I have, you know, I've, I've been stuck on layovers all in the middle of the night and end up taking a red eye and going directly to the engagement. You know, those are all things that people who are employees don't do. You know, people who have that employee mindset but really having that entrepreneurial mindset of I'm going to do this no matter what champion mindset, whatever you want to call it. But that, 
that mindset that you talked about that she had, I mean, that, that's honestly what it takes to succeed. No, I agree. I agree. Um, so let, let's talk about some of the things in your book. So you have, you, you released two books right around the same time, right? Is that true? Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize I was releasing two books so, uh, because they called me up and said, you've got two now. I go, what? So yes. I so do you released two books. two books at the same time. One of them is everyday sales wisdom uh, for your life and your career. And then another one is bigger than sales. Let's start with bigger than sales. What, what does that mean? Why did you come up with that title? Um, came up with it more like we talked uh, when we began this uh, conversation is that, you know, it's more than sales because everyone is in sales. So what you do from day in and day out is not what I call uh, sales because we're all in that business of sales. So that's why it came up with the idea of bigger than sales. It's, it's more than just that. It's about life lessons. It's about, you know, I'm real big on humility and I'm real big on, you know, in, in implementing relationships and, and, and building those and network and, 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 and the treatment of people and, you know, um, and just kind of like that. That's, that's why I want to make it bigger than the sales. Plus also it's kind of more of a, the first book sets the stage. Uh, and, I mean, and the second book kind of implements, you know, what I'm trying to do and why and how to do it. So that's, that's kind of also how it matches or how it aligns with each other. That's interesting. Um, I always want to get to some tangible takeaways of what people can do. So people right. get to something and they go, they don't, I don't want people to leave with just the thought of, well, that's great information, but what do I do? So you said in the second book, uh, which, which book are you referring to? That's more about the actually how to do what you do. Is that on uh, bigger the, than sales, bigger than that's sales. Bigger okay. Than, yeah. Well, so right. l l let's get into that. When you talk about how and actually what they do, you know, somebody who's starting out who realizes okay, I'm going to take Chip's advice. I'm in sales, even though I don't think of myself as a salesperson. Now I'm going to think of myself as someone who's in sales. Uh, what do I do? What is, what's your sales uh, process, techniques, those kind of things? What are the things that somebody just starting out needs to know to get going to accelerate their sales? Okay, a couple things I think. One is, uh, let's talk a little bit about networking. I think there's there's very uh, there's very many or very few and that people understand uh, tricks I guess or tips and how to network. I'll give you an example. You know I walk people through how to work a room. You know uh, in, you know my business we go to receptions, uh, we go to wine events, we go to things. So so I, I teach people to to, uh, to almost do their research, understand your audience before they go to the receptions. I mean, do you know who's going to be there? Uh, you know, Google it, make sure you have names down, make sure you're ready to have your spiel ready to, you know, a couple sentences here and there. I, I talk to people or tell people about putting your hand out, a good firm handshake, eye contact. Um, I also talk about uh, putting together a to-do list, almost like a little book of names and, you know, and write down some comments about those people. So I try to walk people through networking steps. I think that's the way you begin because I'm networking every day of my life. You talked about it earlier. You know, you never know when that person can help you. You never know when Johnny can help Billy, which has helped Bobby. I mean, I, I go and I still network every single day. I help my son get into medical school. I help my daughter get into vet school. So it's, it's techniques of, of getting out there. I, I never leave a party. I never leave an event without trying to get around to know every single person at that event. One night there was a thousand people in an event. 
and I probably was able to touch and talk to probably at least a third of them. And that's a wow. lot of that. That's a lot so in a couple hours. Are, yeah, there are. Well, it's, it was actually four hours. Still, and I have. I, I call it the circle eight, or I call it the. I I, I would keep moving, and I would talk to every single person. So Let me ask you about that. Techniques. This is. This is going to be a little bit self-serving, so I'm asking yeah. my own personal questions here yeah. because I find myself at events like that quite often, and I don't know the balance between I want to meet as many people here as I possibly can and wanting to have real authentic conversations because you never want to be the guy that is the, hey, how you doing? Here's my business card. Good to meet you. See you later. And, and so what I, what I want to know for, yeah, people get benefit out of this other people watching and listening, but I want to know for myself, uh, what does that look like? How, how were you able to do that in a way that still created authentic relationships, but yet you were able to move on and meet multiple people? Uh, I prepared, prepared, prepared. I spent a lot of time in preparation of knowing the audience. So I had a good idea. Obviously there's a business people. So these were physicians in my world so I prepared, I researched, I understood a little about them. I knew something about them. I also understood, now, what do I want to say to them when I come up to them? Is there a need? Uh, do I need to set up an appointment to see them? Um, whatever it is, I made sure that I had that list. I had that research done. So I was very well prepared um, to go. And I also had a, a target list. Maybe it was 50 people. Maybe it was 100 people that I wanted to see. So you can see that I'm lining everything up. I have a list. Uh, I know exactly who I'm going to target. I know what I'm going to say to them. I worked on my spiel. I really did a lot of preparation so that when I did put my hand out, I knew something about them. So even in a couple sentences, it may have just been, hey, give me a call next week. Or, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll remember you. Or, hey, put a name to a face. I always go back after this event. And I would put everything into a little book. And I have their name. I have a couple things about them because there's nothing better than when you run into that same person six months from now and they say, wow, you remember my conversation? So I do a lot of preparation and I do a lot. And someone taught me, one of my mentors a long time ago taught me to really understand that person. When you go home that night, the next day, you really teach yourself who that person is, put a name of the face. And you start remembering these people. And I built up a network like that. Wow, that's awesome. And that's just, that's and really I cool. And I, still, and, I, and I still do it today. I still do it today. The other thing, Jake, is the most important thing to go back. You asked me about uh, sales when you're getting into sales. Damn it, Jake. Everybody needs to start being Johnny on the spot. They need to be on time is to be early. Follow up. Plus, follow through is success. I'm telling you, everywhere I go in the country, if people follow those three rules, Johnny on the spot, to be, to be on time is to be early, and follow up plus follow through is equal success, you will make more money than you can shake a stick at. You'll have more relationships you can shake a stick at, and people will trust you, and you will have them, where did I say, Jake? In your pocket because you solved their problems. Now I can go one by one on those if you wanted me to, but what I mean by each one, but those are tremendous, tremendous pearls that anybody in sales, uh, starting your career in the middle of your career, at the end of your career, it does not matter. If you put that in your bag, you will be very successful if you hold true to those three things. 
That's brilliant right there. Yeah, no, I mean, and I mean, I'm sure that everyone knows it. Well, Johnny on spot, what's that mean? Or, or follow up plus follow through. A lot of people follow up, but they never follow through. Yeah. And a lot of people are late. I mean, I had, it's amazing how people don't return phone calls, text messages, emails. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter in a timely way. I teach people it's urgent. You have to have an urgent mode of response to people. Now, if you get back in 24 hours, my, my, my world, what I believe that's too late, mm. but, it, but, but that's okay. But you need to get back to people because all people want is to acknowledge the fact that you care about them. Yeah. I just believe some of these little things are not uh, talked about enough. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, time follow-up, let's go into follow-up. I'd like to hear yeah. your, your thoughts, your advice on, on following up and the importance of that and, and how to go about doing that. Do what you say you're going to do and do it when you say you're going to do it. Again, do what you say you're going to do and do it when you say you're going to do it. And if you live by that credence, you'll be so successful in any career you do. So example, if I tell you, Jake, that I will, uh, send you something and you'll have it by nine o'clock tomorrow morning or I'll be in your office at nine o'clock in the morning. What time do you think I'm going to be there? What time? Just know me for 15, 20 minutes, a half an hour. What time will I be there? 845. I'll be there at 830. Okay. <laughs> I may even be there at 815. I may even be out uh, there at 815 wait, waiting out in the parking lot. Uh -huh. Just like Jake, let's say, just say you and your wife had a party tonight and you had a party at seven o'clock tonight. And by the way, I'll bring some beer over to you. Okay? okay. What time do you think Chip? What time do you think Chip and his wife would be at your door? Sounds like you're going to be there early. I'm going to be there. At, I'll be there about six fifty-five in your driveway, probably irritating my wife. I'll wait till six fifty-nine, and then I will uh, knock on your door. And so, what I'm trying to say to everyone is listening: you, these are behavior changes. These are behaviors that you have to change in your life. You can't just turn on the clock or turn on and off and say, oh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to be a great follow-upper. Or, boy, I'm going to be at the meeting early today. It's got to be who you are. It's part of your DNA. But you can be taught it, but it has to become visual. It has to be something you work on every single day. But I'll be honest with you, I've never been late to a meeting. Uh, I don't believe that uh, you should ever be late. I don't – I get back to people – I'll drive, as you said, in snowstorms. Hell, I've driven in huge storms to get to a customer's door to make sure they're taken care of, no matter what. And in this crap about, sorry, I'm being so honest. This crap no, that's about, a, this is what we want. Say my alarm, that my alarm clock didn't go off, or I had traffic. You know what I say to them? Get your freaking ass up earlier and get out the door and make sure that if you have traffic, you still are there on time. Or if your alarm clock goes off, well, then set three alarms. But you'd be amazed how many people use those two things as excuses in their life. Yeah. And we don't I, have to use the word sales. I'm just talking about what you do for a career. Yeah. Uh, I was working for someone once who I used the, the traffic excuse. And, Jake. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, w I was 20 years old. Okay? Jake. This is 12 years ago. I Fair, 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 fair enough, Jake. Fair enough. No, but I learned a lesson this day. He said, um, "He said, how long have you been here?" And I said, 
this has been, I've been here for months now. And he said, was there traffic yesterday? And I said, yes. And he said, then that's not a good excuse. He said, you can use that excuse one time. You can only use it once. And after that, you're just pretending not to know something. And because, uh, you know, when people say, oh, I'm late because of traffic in Los Angeles. Well, you know, there's, there's traffic in Los Angeles. That just is the way it is. And traffic pattern, is the way it is. Traffic patterns, sure, they, they, they pretty much run the same. Occasionally, there's something like, you know, a car accident and those kind of things that, that do happen. But um, if you're talking about day-to-day traffic, it's just you need to plan for that. That's, that's just kind of a part of it. A big thing that I'll, I'll be honest with you, a big thing that I'm going through at the moment is um, having, getting used to having uh, more, and it's a good problem to have. I'll be totally honest. It's a good problem to have, but it's getting used to more people wanting a piece of me, getting used to more people wanting my time. And so I will make promises in a way that used to be totally fine. And then there's just so many things that are coming my direction. So I think that's one thing that, that I am working towards right now is getting better at um, taking my promises seriously to where if I make a promise, it is going to happen where that used to be the case. But now it's like a lot of times, I'm not restricting my time enough. I'm not restricting um, when things come in because I'm still in this mindset of where I was before. And to be totally transparent, things have grown very quickly for me over the last 18 months. Uh, Things were going great before then, but over the last 18 months, I've had just a kind of a hockey stick kind of thing going on. And it's, that's one thing that I am working towards is saying, okay, my word needs to mean something it used to be able to mean something through grit. It used to be able to mean something through grit because I'm going to do it no matter what. But now I'm faced with more difficult decisions of, well, shoot, I have this and this. And so it's going to the point of saying, I got to make that commitment, not, not meet my, make my word mean something based on my, um, on my grit that I'm going to do it no matter what but based on my mind really thinking out what I'm committing to uh, in the moment when I commit to it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that's no, it does. something that I'm, I'm working through right now because I believe absolutely how important that is. Well, I, I see it and hear it by following you on Facebook and all the things you're doing, the people you're talking to. You're right. You're getting pulled in so many different directions. There's two issues you have. One is, be careful what you say, right? And be yeah, totally. careful what you promise. And you just have to learn to step back and say, you know, I wish I could help you or I wish I could do yeah. this, but, you know, and be and be more uh, choosy, I guess, with your yeah. promises. Yeah. And the other thing is you're going to be careful because I've been where you've been in a lot of ways of your work-life balance. I saw your children, your child uh, picture. I know you got one kid. Or just, two. One so far. Right, just, just one so far. Just one so far. Just one so far. Keep Keep practicing. <laughs> and, uh, but I'm, but, but, the, but I'm serious when I say yeah. that work-life balance is going to get even harder. I talk about stages, you know, about that. There's a stage one, a stage two, a stage three, and you're just still in that one and two where you're just growing baby and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But there's a point where I had to go, you know what, you know, my, my, uh, family 
and my and my friend were probably are probably more important because you know what when I go or you go they're not going to care if you are a speaker they're not totally. going to care what company I work for they're nope. going to care was he a good person did he treat people with respect did he take care of his family did he care, take care of his you know his friends and stuff so just I mean you are you are in a rocket and congratulations I can't I'm watching from a distance I don't put a lot out on your stuff. I watch, I observe, and when I speak, you know, I, I hope I got something to say. Other than that, I, I you won't see me jumping a lot. And usually if I am say, uh, say something or I uh, like something, you, you can take that to heart. Mm. I mean, and I, I really mean it with all my heart. Otherwise, I wouldn't say it because I don't need to repeat what someone else said. I don't yeah. need uh, to confirm my own, you know, passion or my own what, what I believe in. But, yeah, I, I see where you're coming from, but – I'm just really believe, you know, and, and, and I, by the way, I'll take sales out of this and say career because I believe my the, the life lessons I'm trying to coach and teach have to do with any career. So whether or not you call it a sales career or you call it whatever career you want to call it, it doesn't matter. It impacts your life, you know, yep. and, I, and I think that's what's important. So, but, yeah. but congrats with all you're doing, but you're going to have to think about your work balance. Totally. You're going to have to think about, yeah, you're right, because you can make all the promises in your world, but you're right. Your credibility will go down if yeah. you don't, if you don't stand by those promises. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really interesting you bring that up. And one thing that you touched on there is something I, I really like about what you're doing and what you're teaching. You know, you're not talking about sleazy sales tactics. There's enough books that do that kind of thing. And you're talking about the type of sales that not only helps you make more money, but helps you be a better person and helps you in all the other areas of your life as well. Because the same things you're talking about, about building relationships, caring about people, fulfilling your promises, that's kind of the same things that it takes to build just relationships in life. And I, I think about you just mentioned, you know, when you, when you go, it doesn't matter what you did or what, whatever. And I think about, you know, in the last, about two years ago now, a um, little less than two years ago, my wife's dad passed away. He was only 57 oh. years old. And he was a great, one of the greatest men I've ever known in my life, an incredible man. Um, but he was also an incredible business person. He had a, an amazing career, great stories. I could, I could do a, you know, a whole, a whole day-long workshop on, on business things I've learned from him. But when I think about when he died, it wasn't people talking about how great of a businessman he was. It was people talking about what a great person he was, what a great father he was, what a great son he was, what a great brother he was, what a great husband, what a great community member, a leader in the community. That's what mattered. And I just think that if you're going for some kind of sales tactics that's going to compromise those things, it's not worth it. It doesn't matter how much money's coming. It's not worth it at all. No, Tim McGraw, I wrote in my book, Tim McGraw's a great song. It says, stay humble and kind. And there's a lot to be truthful about that. Because there's a one, I have a couple of things every, every night when I lay my head on the pillow. I always say, did I not screw anybody over today? And then do everything possible for mankind. And you mm. know what? You know, I, I never, money didn't drive me 34 years ago, money doesn't drive me today. Does it mean I don't, I don't like it? Of course. Would my wife like me to make more money? Of course. <laughs> uh, et cetera, et cetera. Do I hope I win the $1.6 billion tonight? Of course. 
you know, I'll even donate to any charity you want, Jake. If I win that $1.6 billion tonight, I Sounds hope you bought a lottery ticket, by the way. <laughs> but um, I'm really big. I believe uh, humility is a lost art right now. And I believe we need more leaders. We need more influencers. I, I, I'm tired of people telling me that a title does not matter. A title does not matter. You can influence people. You can influence people and not be a CEO, not have a high title, you know, and I, and I think that's, uh, that's key. You can always be an influencer, always. Mm, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I, I, love, I love the passion that's coming out <laughs> from you right now uh, about life, about these kind of things. Um, hey, so we did get into some specifics yeah. about bigger than sales, but what about uh, your book, Everyday Sales Wisdom? What, what, do, what do you go into in that book? Oh, it goes back to the, you know, I guess, I guess I'd say I haven't marketed this or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but it came across a few years ago. I call things called chipisms. Chipisms. Uh, I like it. Chipisms. And what that is, is, is it came about because I'm in the middle of the classroom one time and actually uh, was watching the faces of these, uh, of my audience. And they actually were going, wow, he's saying something I like, or wow, it's, it's, it's important. And so all of a sudden I go, I'm going to give you a chip, isn't it? What I mean by that is when I tell you something, take it to heart, go home, use it, live it, and, 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 and live by it. And, and that's what I mean by, you know, one chipism in there is, you know, to be on time is to be early. We talk about that. Treat people like you want to be treated. And, you know, uh, uh, people buy from who they like. Um, and, uh, you know, so I just go down through 17, 18, 19. So we go through a lot of chip visits in that book. And, and what I try to do is just set people up in the stage of understanding that these are life lessons. And so, so that's part of that, uh, first book that I go through. And then, and then also, uh, through there, I try to teach at the end, I give them ways to fill out things and, and almost like a workbook in mm. each section, I give them some take homes. I love take home messages. Yeah. I believe in life and career. Like you said, you, you and I are talking. We have a great conversation. But can someone take home something? Can someone have a message that comes out of there that resonates to them, you know, and, and goes home and, and starts to begin to do these little things better? Because I'm a, I'm a believer. Less is more. Another chipism. You know, I'd rather, if I was interviewing you, I'd rather you come in and see me and you know, you know about my company or about my widget. I don't care how much you know. But whatever you do know, just know it really, really, really well. And, and I'm really big into preparation, 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 you know, when you, uh, when you get into any kind of career and, you know, those kind of things like that. So I have chip around that. So, yeah, I have little pearls that I discuss and why and how and just little things that you could put in your pocket and maybe you can use and maybe you'll remember it and those kind of things. Mm, that's really cool. Uh, do, do you have any advice for somebody who maybe they, they know they need to be better, they know they need to do more in terms of sales, but maybe they just feel like they're too introverted or they feel like they're too shy. Uh, what are, what's your advice for, for people like that? By oh, the I way, a couple that's, great. Go ahead. that's not me, but I know there's people watching no. who are like that. No, no. <laughs> I don't have a shy uh, bone in my body. <laughs> no, uh, either do I. Either do I. A couple things, a couple good things that I still do today. I get up in front of a mirror all the time. I, I talk out loud and I get up in front of a mirror 
and I watch it and I and I uh, and I prepare and I go over things and I talk about what I need to do. So I use a mirror where I can see myself and I do it every time, every day, uh, a lot. I also will anytime I will prepare for any meeting, I will talk out loud. I love talking out loud does a lot of things. I did that a lot when I was writing these books. Uh, that's the way that I could understand if it was my voice. Another thing that I do a lot. I know it's people do it all the time, but I do it all the time. Is I go down the street and I'm driving and you'll, you'll think I'm on the phone talking, but I will walk through my strategy. I will go through one, two, three, what things I need to do before I walk in. Um, so uh, another thing is, is I took Dale Carnegie. I suggest strongly for uh, someone like that quiet and shy to, uh, to take a Dale Carnegie. I believe in that. I took it 30, 40 years ago. Mm. It's still good. It gets you up. Public speaking is, 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 is a unique tool. You get up and you publicly speak, and you've learned, Jake, how to do it. But what I mean by speaking, I mean is you learn to get up. Okay, now hear this out. This is interesting. You learn to get up, and you work in a group. And by the time you, get, you, you work on things together, by the time you get done, here's what usually happens. If you're really good at communicating, they're going to say the following, wow, he told me things I never would have told anybody else. You hear that? He told me things I've never would never tell anybody else, which means is they felt comfortable. They felt a connection. They felt like you cared. And that's, that's been something I try to teach and coach as well as I do myself. That I can go into a room and people will tell me things they never expected to tell me some very intimate things because the way I go about it and just be that softness, that kindness, that leads into another technique of soft skills. People don't know what they are, how to learn how to use soft skills. And that, that's because, because it's not what you say to people, it's how you say things to people. So I walk through steps of how to, how to get better with your soft skills. Mm. Wow, that's, that, that's really powerful stuff. And honestly, powerful for anyone, not just somebody who may be a shy. And uh, yeah, I haven't gone and done any of those courses. But you know, I've, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've read how to win friends and influence people. Yes. That book is just incredible. And, and a few of his other books as well. I've read, I, I think, two or three other books that uh, Dale Carnegie wrote. Um, but yeah, I think that's all fantastic. I, I have a couple other questions for you that I, that I want to end with. Uh, one of them being, uh, what is a something that you considered a failure at the time that you've learned from and grew from and, and now look back and say, I'm grateful for it? Uh, Self-awareness. I probably, uh, oh, could, I, could I do a two-part? Self-awareness and, uh, and the sense that um, I didn't learn, I didn't do a very good job early in my career and still sometimes make that mistake of understanding um, who's around you, uh, your, your, your environment and stuff. Uh, the way this world works today, um, you know, you, you can't say things like you used to say. Uh, you got to be careful. So I, I really preach now, you know, use your ears, use your eyes, speak less. Uh, this self-awareness, I've had to go through a lot of challenges, you know, with self-awareness because I've never met a stranger. You know, you talk about your uh, your wife's uh, father who died and basically how much he was loved. Well, my mother never met a stranger. And I figured out where my communication skills came from. 
You got to be careful, though, to use that expression, you never met a stranger, because that way you open up. And a lot of times I would give TMI too much information and you just don't know who's listing. So that's one thing and right. I'm learning and uh, I probably failed. The, the other thing is, is branding. I talk a lot about personal branding and, and I was years into what I was doing before I realized branding. I got to worry about what someone else thinks of me. Obviously in life, we all love each other, love ourselves. Uh, I, I, I'm, as I always say to someone, when you can get someone to talk about themselves, where do you got him, Jake? You got him in your pocket. I feel the people, same way. When people, when people start talking about themselves, you, uh, you got him right where you want it in, in your pocket. But to go back at, you know, branding people do, you know, I, 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 I challenge everyone to listen and go back to your friends, go back to your spouse, go back to your mentor and ask them, what do you think about me? Because you'd be amazed amazed how different their response is compared to what you think you are you know you may think you're great and i do this well yeah. other people may not think that and the problem in this world is is if your boss thinks you aren't very good and you think you are very you you think you're very good and he or she does not uh you're kind of in trouble probably it's probably not going to go well for you as far as you know where you want to move let's say what do you want to become uh, because they have a lot of control. So I'd say that self-awareness and, um, and the personal brand, the branding. I think people need uh, to be constantly working on their brand, understand how to sustain a brand, you know, how to make mistakes. What happens when you lose your brand? How do you get back up from that brand? And I try to walk through people, try to help them recover. Yeah, that, that, that's really important. And that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, how can people get your books? How can people be connected with you? Well, let me, can I make one comment about these books and actually in a author way, I, I, I never realized no one ever believed I could write these books. Uh, my wife, my children, uh, friends, I heard it was always tough, but I just want to tell everyone out there, gosh, if you got perseverance, you got grit, you can do it. And the hardest part was just starting was just starting it, as you well know, and I'm sure a lot of these folks out there. So I just want to share that I've had call if anyone, anyone ever just wants to talk and, and I will share everything. I don't, everything I did and how I did it, why I did it. And, and if it helps anybody, because I know it was a uh, it was very much of a journey and I enjoyed it, but I want to be able to share. So if anybody, and that's what I want to give back you know, to your, uh, to your network is, uh, I'm not looking for anything. I just want to, if you want to know anything and everything I did, why did I'll be glad to share. So, you know, I mean, and that's the most important thing because if this could impact somebody or I can help somebody, that's all that matters. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, people can reach me at, uh, you know, I have a website at www.com that's more of, you know, books are there if you want them, the, but there's real, neat, real neat quick, podcasts Chip, I've done. And Chip, real quick, kind of your, your, um, your internet cut out right there, right as you were saying oh. the website. So I'd like you to mention oh. that again, just so that, because what it sounded like was um, you can go to helm.com. Oh. So Lord. I don't think people can find com. So. Well, well, you know, it's funny. It's funny, Jake. I just started drinking bourbon, so that may have caused it. No, uh, <laughs> it is www.chiphelm.com. 
Uh, also, my email address is chiphelm16 at gmail.com uh, from that standpoint. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's nothing more or nothing less, but if I can help and share people as they go through the processes of writing books or editing books. And, you know, I was very, very fortunate to have a great team. Uh, they're not in Bloomington, Indiana. They sit in Texas. And, uh, yeah, I just got uh, someone upstairs uh, gave me the ability to do it and to pull this off. I've been very blessed and very lucky. That's awesome. Uh, last words of wisdom that you have yeah. for the speakers, authors, and coaches oh. network. Give me about three seconds here. Uh, what's the last words of wisdom? Uh, be true to yourself, be genuine, and stay humble and kind. Love it. Those are words of wisdom that come across uh, to that are important for anyone and everyone to have. So thank you for, so much for joining us and being a part of this podcast. I really appreciate you, and I, I'm very grateful for the wisdom that you shared. I, I hope that everybody listening um, is taking the words that you've shared to heart because I think they apply across the board. Well, Jake, I, I appreciate you because uh, I've heard a lot about you and you're doing, you're doing great things. Just, uh, just be careful. Don't grow too fast and stay, the, stay humble and kind. Okay, my friend. All right. Sounds good. I love it. Thank you so much. And we'll see you later. Uh, thanks, Jake. Thank you so much for listening to the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, subscribe, and most importantly, share it with somebody who needs this information. If you're not already a part of our Facebook community, come and join us in the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network at facebook.com slash groups slash speaker, author, coach, or simply search the Speakers, Authors, and Coaches network. Thanks again for listening. Remember, what you do matters. You can turn your dreams into your reality. Together, we are changing the world one message at a time.